Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. As usual, thank you so much for checking out the series, however you made your way here. I hope you like what you hear enough to uh, actually uh, come back more often, become a subscriber. We put out three brand new interviews every single week, a brand new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if you want to keep up with all of your favorite artists, if you want to discover some new ones, if you just want to know what's happening in the music world, hit that subscribe button at uh, Apple Podcast, iTunes, at uh, Spotify, Acast, YouTube, where you can see the video version of this, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And, uh, and like I said, we'll, uh, we'll take care of the rest. We'll bring you three brand new interviews every single week. Just type in Kyle Meredith with wherever you like to get your podcasts. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, I'm going to be talking with Joss Stone. She released a, a record, a single rather, at the end of 2020 called Walk With Me. And I'm going to hear all about writing this song because it's a song that started out as something very, very different, but became uh, very reflective of the world. So she's going to tell us about that, having Booker T. Jones, the legendary Booker T. Jones, playing on it. We also talk about some of her past music, too, like when she was in the the band Super Heavy with Mick Jagger and Damian Marley. Uh, She talks about, uh, really, what it was like to write in those situations. In fact, how it was different than how she would usually approach writing. 
And within that, I want to hear about her attraction to collaboration because Super Heavy is not the only time she's had uh, lots of collaborations over the years, especially in the last few years. So I want to hear about what attracts her to that. Joss Stone's also going to tell us about her next album. It's going to be due out in July. It's produced by Dave Stewart of the Eurythmics. She calls it a more songy record, a mature record, maybe even Burt Bacharach inspired. That's something very different from a groove-based soul artist that we've come to know so far. We'll also be discussing her podcast. She's been doing it through the pandemic. It's called A Cup of Happy, and it focuses on happiness in all the different meanings that might mean how people find it, you know, how it relates to their day and how they can achieve it even through um, non-traditional avenues, including fecal transplants. That is exactly what it sounds like, but you have to listen to the podcast to get the details. Let's get into it. It's Kyle Meredith with Joss Stone. Let me tell you first off that Walk With Me is a great song, and it's a really powerful song. I love what you're doing with this one because there's a little bit of a different thing going on, but I guess, yeah, I guess the history of it, though, like, this started as something completely different, right? Yeah, it started as a love song. It actually um, was written originally by Jonathan Shorten, who's he's a writing partner that I've worked with. He's he's basically my brother. I've known him since I was 14. Um, and he kind of taught me how to write, really, with a chap named Connor Reeves. Anyway, so he comes over because I was like, Johnny, I haven't written very much music for a while and I need to make an album and bits and bobs, la la la. And he brought this song to me. Normally, Johnny doesn't do that. Like, literally, for all of those years past, that's not, that's just not how it is. So I feel like this was meant to be. And he goes, Joss, I'm actually, I've actually started singing and, um, and writing lyrics. That's normally, he just does the music. So this is all very new and kind of wonderful. He goes, oh, I've written this love song. It's really romantic. But I just want you to have a go at the lyrics to kind of make it your own. So it's okay. And it was just so good. I love it. Honestly, the walk with me and like the way the backing vocals are, that's all Johnny. So I just, in that time, I'm, I'm a bit of a literal person. I'm, I'm an in the moment type of person. I, I can't pretend, I can't like write random stories that I pick out of the sky. So um, in the moment, the world was going tits up. Mm-hmm. So I thought, let's, let's write about that because it seems more pertinent. Um, and then it turned into what it is now, which is more of a, it's a walk with me as in walk with everyone, not just walk with me down the aisle, which is what it originally was. Um, now it's, can everyone just come together? Like everyone, like including, <laughs> you know, those that you don't dis- you don't agree with. That, that's the most important thing. Of course, we can walk together with people that we already agree with. That's easy. But walking together with people that you don't, that's that's the most important bit. And I don't know if we got a handle on that yet, but it's a good suggestion. <laughs> I don't think we've got a handle on that, but but I, I do like the optimism in that. I, I also love that, you know, as you said, this is the first time that he had finally done lyrics and all of this stuff and it immediately sort of got murdered and turned into something else. <laughs> I know, I know. Isn't that funny? I think it's because of his, he, he kind of has this really sweet, he's very humble and maybe a bit nervous because normally he doesn't do that. So he was like, Joss, come on, you know, rewrite this beautiful song that I've written. I thought, like, mm-hmm. I don't know about that. It's perfect. But um, it's funny, isn't it? How we can be so insecure when we've, we've been doing this job for so long, but yeah, Johnny's kind of going off into this new world of wonderfulness and he can sing. I didn't know that. 
I've known him since I was 14 and he's recording harmonies and all that. I was like, what is going on? But I think this happened because maybe this song needed to happen. You know, maybe it will affect something in a tiny good way. It might be tiny, but it hopefully will be positive. Well, I think that's what every songwriter kind of hopes for in that, you know, that yeah. uh, that the work you do in this is eventually going to turn into something like that. I mean, I, yeah. I, I like that this also says something about the many voices of a song. Like it reminds me, like Bob Dylan, you know, he talks about whenever he rarely talks, but when he talks about writing a song, (laughs) you know, he'll talk about writing a song 10 different ways. And it's sort of like, this is what, like it's, that must be really interesting as a songwriter to kind of, you know, mold something, but, but like the same way, like a painter, like, when do you know that it's done? When do you know that the painting is done? Yeah. It's so difficult, isn't it? I mean, I'm a bit, I think I get bored quite quickly, um, which means I do a lot of things. But um, with writing, it's my first thought, Mm. literally the first one. And I think that really irritates all of my (laughs) co-writers. I think it's really frustrating (laughs) for them. They're like, well, shouldn't we just work on this a little bit longer? I'm like, no, it's done. (laughs) First up, best up. The lyric, yeah, that's it. (laughs) I I literally thought that thing and now I'm singing that thing and that is it. But it's um, it's not the best way, I don't think. I think it's very slapdash. But it's certainly more honest and raw, I guess. You can call it what you like, hey? You know, Um, it depends what words you use to describe such a method. Um, But when I was working with, um, we did this project called Super Heavy a a little while back. Long time back now, actually. God, probably like eight years now, maybe more. Um, And it had the wonderful Mick Jagger in the band and Damien Marley and Dave Stewart, who put it all together, and A.R. Rahman. So this was the band. Can you imagine? Bloody hell, I was absolutely shitting myself (laughs) the whole time. I was so nervous. But I was like the chick singer, and I'd never been in a band before, and I thought, oh, this is great. So we we wrote all the songs together, and I took my little pen with me, and they all bought their instruments and their wonderful talents, and there I was with my pencil and my paper. And um, I'm sat down writing lyrics with Mick, and he wrote probably 17 different versions of a verse. Wow. I was like, oh, is that what we're supposed to do? <laughs> I said, <laughs> right, okay. So, and I thought, well, hang on, haven't we got the verse? And he's like, well, you know, let's, let's, what about this? What about that? What about these ideas? And his mind was so full of just art and creativity. I thought, oh dear. I'll just leave it. I'll put my my one little verse in there and then see how it goes. But, you know, he's a genius with it. I mean, I I kind of don't like to use that word in conjunction with musicians, but I feel like if there is one, he's close to it. Mick Jagger, sure. Yeah. I know. When it it comes to him, it's like, oh, I'm getting the G word out. It's crazy. How many, think, how many words? Yeah. Well, I, I think your method has, has served you well. I could tell through it's your all career. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God I can sing. <laughs> you bring up Super Heavy there too. And, and when I look at your catalog, especially in this past decade, since Super mm. Heavy, uh, yeah. the remix album, the, um, the, the Mama Earth uh, record, mm. do yeah. you find that you are attracted to a project uh, you know it's sometimes maybe it's a theme or something it's it seems like for you it may be more than just just the song let's just write some songs it seems like it like there's yeah. always a grander thing are you attracted to that more than than the other way 
Yeah, do you know what? I think I'm more attracted to the collaboration than I am anything else. Um, there was a time where, when I was doing Introducing Joss Stone, which was like the third album, mm-hmm. um, I was really focused on something else. I was focused on making this really perfect record that represented me and what I thought about. And it was all very just self. And I thought, God, what a stressful time. You know, it was stressful because there was record labels and people, you know, business people that were invested in it and they, you know, they, they want to control it. And, um, and when it's all about you and your expression, it's your diary, which essentially every song is, it's not very fun. I have to say, it's actually very, when it gets too deep and too important, it's, I kind of feel like it defeats the purpose of music. And for me, music brings people together. And that is in the creation of it and in the consumption of it. It just does. And it's fun. And it does not have to be perfect. So the collaboration aspect of music, it is that for me. So with the remix album, it was I just put a post out and said to the world, hey, who wants to remix? I just wanted to hear how other people were hearing my music. And I thought, well, give them some stems. They might be able to rip them and use them for something else. You know, this is a sharing thing. And I also think the free download, I know people say that destroyed the music industry. I personally think it made it a thousand times better because that means everyone can get it. There's like, there's kids around the world that don't have 15 quid to spend on an album, you know? At the end of the day, are we not making it so we can share it, so we can enjoy it together? Is it not a communication tool? Surely that's what it is. That's the fun of it. And then, yeah, with the Mama Earth thing, it it was all different kind of rhythms that I'd never heard before or even understood. And just, yeah, I you let go of the outcome. I had nothing to do with the musical aspect of that. I actually cooked all day whilst they were making the music. I didn't even go in the studio. I was like, no, I will do my bit when, when it's ready, you know? And it's just so much more fun that way. Life is more fun that way. Yeah, well, you've got, what... yeah, cl- speaking of collaborators, what is it? Uh, did I see Booker T. Jones was? Oh yeah, <gasps> he on played this on this record. Can you yeah. believe it? That's, I mean, mm-hmm. it's one of the all time greats right there. Speaking of, He's but, a but dog. It was all done separately too, right? So you, I mean, mm-hmm. what communication do you have when? You, well, first off, what do you tell Booker T. Jones, or do you just say do your thing? You know, <laughs> yeah, whatever you, you want to do. <laughs> yeah, you say do your thing. Totally. That's you know. Oh my god. I mean, even if I was back in that space of like, let me control the world, I still would tell him, do your thing. You're Booker <laughs> T. It's funny. I was going to work with him when I was really little, but for some reason, it didn't work out. So we had. There was a time I was like 14, I'd just been signed. And um, Steve Greenberg, who signed me, was trying to find a mentor for me, I suppose. And um, Booker T was one of the people that we met with and ended up not working with. And I don't know the reason, but I really want to know. But um, I didn't know who I was meeting with that day because I was so young and I hadn't heard Green Onions or anything like that. Mm. I just... I just thought, this is a lovely man who's so sweet and kind to me. And then we ended up, nothing happened. You know, life happens. Maybe he did another project. Who bloody knows? But that was it. I didn't see him again until I think maybe it was like 10 years later. And we were on stage 
in a festival playing Crazy by Niles Barkley. And he was playing the organ. I was like, oh my God, that's that chap. I can't believe it. So over the years, I've learned who the hell is I'm, I'm dealing with here. Um, but I had no idea at first. And he's just such a wonderful, such a wonderful guy, isn't he? Yeah. Lovely yeah. spirit. Wow, how he plays. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Yeah, so luckily he's on record now. Woo! <laughs> well, and of course he gives it a feel. Uh, you know, the the choir gives it a feel. There is a, there is a bit of a mm. gospel thing going here, and yeah. you know, and kind of relating that to earlier last year, you did a cover of "Lean on Me," and and those two they they seem very kindred in in their mood. And I, oh, I don't know yeah. if you're still writing music, but I was wondering if that was sort of a direction that you were going in for for whatever set that was happening. Yeah, I don't know. I think this song called for it. And also we had a different kind of idea of what the backing vocals were going to sound like. And then um, something, it all got a bit confusing. We were going to have certain people sing the BV, all men. And then we were going to have, I mean, we come, we kind of went through a, a bunch of different ideas. Um, but the lady that put together this group is soulfully gospel. Like she, that that's what she does. She's Mrs. Gospel, Antonia Wilson. She's just Mrs. Gospel. And I said to her, honey, you do you, you do you. And by Jove, she did. <laughs> and it sounds wonderful. It brings it to a place that's kind of spiritual. Mm -hmm. I love gospel music. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm not attached to a particular church or a particular religion or anything like that. But gospel music has been a massive part of my life. I think just, it just has, it's just always there. Um, and I love it. And I think it makes things sound yeah, kind of spiritual, I guess. I mean, obviously, that's a, that's the point, <laughs> isn't it? But um, but yeah, it sounds very heavy and important, um, which I like, especially with this sentiment. But um, so I came here. I'm in. I'm just outside of Nashville, about half an hour. Oh, you're right and, down the road um, from me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it close? Yeah, you're like two hours from me. That's. Oh no way! Ha ha! Ah, <laughs> oh, how lovely! Yeah, lots of friendly people around here. But um, so we came here to actually make the album that's coming out in July. And um, this song isn't on that album. This is just a one off. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't really have a gospel feel. It's more of a, I'm not quite sure because I haven't finished it yet. But um, I think the way I can explain it is that it's more songy than anything else. More you know, songy. What I does think, that mean? So to me, that, that means like, it's more adult. <laughs> So I feel like I'm getting old now <laughs> and it's time for me to stop with my silliness and um, the groove based music, which I love, you know, I've, I've been brought up on R&B, blues, hip hop and reggae. That's been mm -hmm. my food. So that, I guess, is where I've lived musically, um, unless I'm doing the world tour music, which is all a bit mad and out there. But um, but my own stuff is that like naturally. Mm -hmm. And then I. I um, went and sang with Bert Bacharach. He was in London doing a show and he asked me to be, you know, the singer. <laughs> I was so chuffed. Can you believe my shock? Bert Bacharach says, I need a singer in England when I go there. Who must it be? And my friend Ollie, who was putting on the gig, was like, I know someone who can sing your songs, Bert. So I had the job of learning all these wonderful songs I mean, I knew, you know, Dusty Springfield songs. I knew um, Say a Little Prayer and You Don't Have to Say You Love Me. But there was a bunch of others that I wasn't really even aware of. 
but they really those are songs Mm -hmm. those are not grooves those are not jams i see yeah that's what i mean by songy (laughs) so that's what the next one will be i wanted it to be like that i spoke to so dave stewart's producing it and actually putting it out on his new record label awesome which is cool because he's like a lovely friend and he's not going to be you know a bastard music industry (laughs) record label man (laughs) so um and i'm sure there's not many of those left but um but yeah so it will be a nice experience no matter what even if no one ever hears it we'll still have fun and um yeah the songs are just they're deep they're kind of dramatic actually yeah Yeah. i'd wonder that too because you you know famously now you came off of a tour when people say world tour, you meant it. You were like, oh, yeah. you meant world tour. <laughs> we're going to play everywhere that we possibly can, even if we have to sneak in. Yeah. Like, and, and I have to expect that that does something to you. Like that affects you in some way. Like, yeah. do, do we hear that in this record? I mean, does that find its way in and whatever that might've meant to you? You heard that, I suppose, in the music that I've made, um, Water for Your Soul was was kind of and also mama earth project they have so much influence from around the world from what we like to call world music which Mm. somehow we separate from western music um but actually the world does not stop at america and england there's a whole world out there and it's much 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 bigger (laughs) but um but yeah so that all those sounds and those different rhythms um they come from, I suppose, my experiences and the people that I've met in those places. But this next album is just like as classic as I could make it. Um, but do you know what I really want to do? And I don't know if anyone will want to like join. This is the problem. When you make an album, you got to somehow bloody pay for it. So I've just got to go and do loads of gigs, which, by the way, I don't have anymore. Right. <laughs> so right. that's a bummer. But when I when I do have the gigs, I can kind of save my money and then go and spend it on what I want to do mm. rather than waiting for a record label to, to kind of be into my idea. Now, I'd love to make an album of all the collaborations I did or a series of, uh-huh. but it's so world and it's so out there and none of it's in it. Well, not a lot of it is in English. So a lot of people just go, oh, no. How about No. And I'm like, but how about yes? But why not? This right. Really but people don't, you know, I'm not saying people, I'm saying, you know, those, the, I guess the business side of it is not interested in that, but it is beautiful. Like mm. the music I've heard on those trips, it's so, I just love it. It's so different and it's so wonderful and full of life that you've not really experienced, but your ear does have to somewhat be trained to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So each country I went to, which is all of them, so there's 204 on my list, I guess 196 on the UN list. So each country, we visited a charity, we played a gig, and we did the, the collaboration. And the collaboration meant that I had to learn a song from whoever it was that I was collaborating with. I didn't want it to be my song, I wanted it to be theirs. But that meant sometimes I had to sing in... Well, I mean, the things I had to do with my voice. <laughs> I didn't I didn't always achieve the goal. Um, but I bloody tried. I tell you what, Mongolian throat singing is not <laughs> is that, not right? easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that one I didn't I didn't do well. 
in that one, I just, I just did like, uh, uh, <laughs> I just awed <laughs> in the background. <laughs> it's a compliment oh, is what it is. It's a compliment yes. to what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I did terrible, but they just sounded amazing. But at first you listen to it. When I get the song, I'm listening to it. It might be, I don't know, in anything. It could be in Hebrew or it could be in, I don't know. It could be in Mongolian. It could be in French. It could be in Spanish. I don't speak any of those languages. And um, I'm listening and I'm thinking, this sounds like, like there's no way on God's green earth that I can do this. And then you just break it down. And then, and then an hour later, you're doing it and you're in with it. And the music has, has made friends with you and you've made friends with it. It's really wonderful. It's the best thing I've ever done musically. What an interesting experience. Then I, I will kind of tie this in a bit of what you're saying again, because I feel like there is sort of a through line with, with choices you make. You have a podcast, oh, a yeah. really interesting angle, uh, a cup of happy, uh, I think yeah. is what you call it here. And, mm. and again, I feel like, you know, uh, maybe this is a natural thing for you anyway, but but as I see, you know, visiting the world and 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 writing a song like Walk With Me, where did this idea come from? Because again, this isn't your typical musician mm-hmm. talking to other musician or or anything like that podcast. I mean, you're being very specific about this. Yeah. I I figured that um the job, my job, I felt like at the beginning of the pandemic, it was kind of taken away from me in a way. Like uh, my, the tool that I used to do my job was taken away from me, mm-hmm. but not my job. So I kind of had to sit down and go, well, what is it that I do? And what I do, I believe, um, is I just make people feel better, right? And so that might be in an hour. It might be in a song of three minutes. Um, and, you know, the power of music is that you feel not alone anymore, that's why we like to listen to sad songs mm-hmm. It's because some days we're sad and we don't want to feel that we're doing it on our own. We want to feel comforted. And also we listen to happy songs because we need something to accompany our little dancey mood or our glass of wine or, or whatever. It's all about coming together and, and not feeling on your own. So the job is a happiness giver, <laughs> I suppose. I guess that that's the job. And you don't need to do gigs to do that. You know, um, often at home, I'll cook something for whoever it is that comes in or just make them a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're a happiness giver. You're trying to help that person feel okay. That's all. That's literally what we're trying to do. So I thought, how can I do that? My tool has been taken away, but that's just me being lazy because I'm used to doing it that way. So, okay, I can't jump up on stage and make everyone laugh or, or make them feel or bring a tear to their eye. Okay, can't do that, but I'll do it in another way. So the podcast, it was actually my friend that pointed it out to me. He makes podcasts and has done for years. And he goes, Joss, you know, this is what you do. And I thought, oh, yeah, you're right. Um, so we should, we should talk about happiness. Hmm. And I think at the moment, Yes, there is this deadly virus that's going around, which is terrifying. Um, and there is, that's been going around. 
not this particular one, but I mean, if you think about other things like uh, the fear that we're in people's hearts with Ebola and with AIDS and, you know, these are real medical issues. These are physical things, you know, um, that doctors, we need them to help us. But your mind is a massive part of your healing and how you feel genuinely, like how, how you feel every day affects your health physically. And I've learned, I mean, I had a hunch, but through my podcast, I have actually learned that that is 100 million percent true. Mm. Um, Cause I'm speaking to doctors, I'm speaking to people, to scientists that have studied it. And yeah, I, I have musicians on, I have people that do lots of different things because guess what? We all have an opinion on happiness. We all do, we might be wrong, we might be right. But the ones that I really, really value are the ones with the data. Because when people argue, you can just go, there's the data, shove it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> as simple as that. At the end of the day, the studies have been done, people. And I, I do love those ones. Those ones are my favorite. But usually those are the ones that are um, not as fluffy and soft with their words. And so through the podcast, I've realized just how controversial happiness actually is. Oh, my God. You tell people they've got choice and they don't want to hear it. Woo! <laughs> people don't like that. You know, but, but I think but... this would be a controversial subject right here. Here's the key to happiness. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Is here's the key funny? to happiness. It's in data. Shove it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did these studies. And if you don't believe me, yeah, no, it's terrible, isn't it? Oh, terrible. But yeah, we, we do. We have a laugh. And the wonderful thing is I don't know what I'm talking about. So I just ask questions. It's that's brilliant. the best part. That's, that's the best kind of thing. When, when you know that the person hosting, the interviewer or whatever, you mm. know, is on the same journey that you, the listener, are on. I, I find yeah. that's, the, that's, the, that's the content that I'm most attracted to, I think. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So. It's true. So we're going to, um, we're going to try and test some of the um, bits of advice that we've received on the podcast. So um, my friend Rich that makes the podcast and his partner Sam, we've all taken like a little bit from somebody and said, right, I'm going to do that one. So he's doing this breathing technique from Wim Hof. And mm -hmm. I'm doing something that a guy called Mo Gaudat um, suggested to me. And then we're going to discuss how, how it works, you know, because you do have to try these things. You can't just listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. You have to actually make action you know yeah. so let's see what happens i did the wim hof stuff for a while uh I, I tried that for a little while yeah the ice man mm -hmm. uh just the breathing it's it's a it is amazing i didn't do it to the point that you're talking about where it um you know would have affected my mood during the day and and i, right. I know that was the point of doing it i was right. doing it more of the experimental because you hear about your blood cells breathing for you and yep. that was incredible because I would, I would sit there for three minutes perfectly without breathing, you know, and just, no, really? and you do it so quickly. You get there so quickly once you're doing it. It's, it's sort of, that's, that's mind blowing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. So let me ask you this. What kind of bored you about it? Cause you obviously stopped for a reason. No, um, it, it was really life got in the way when I started it. We were uh, mm -hmm. just just general things that, you know, because I think that's with anything, you have to make it a routine to kind yeah. of do it. And and yeah. I got interested in it and I probably would have kept. It was just, you know, my routine was kind of thrown out of whack for a little bit yeah. uh, and, and, so and hard, it just didn't get to it? go back. Yeah. yeah. So, but this is I'm, the problem I'm with these things. 
Yeah, I'm very interested in it though, yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, when that one, when we do that one, when we discuss it, I'll um, I'll have to send it to you. Yeah. Please. It's just yeah, keeping up with something is the hardest part, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. like anything, like exercise, breathing things, and we read about them. We're all like, wow, and then we'll do it, and then we'll be like, yeah, that really worked, and then we'll stop. And then we'll stop. Right. Why do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. In fact. On my next one, I'll talk about that with whoever it is that I find. Do you know what I learned the other day? It's that fiber um, makes you happier. So you have like these little bacterias. It's Uh a chap called Scott. He wrote this book called The Psychobiotic Revolution. And he speaks about the bacteria in your tummy, um, in your gut, and the little kind of arguments that they all have and little things that they do. And he basically said that the bacteria in your tummy decides whether you're happy or not, Hmm. like whether you are depressed or not. So (laughs) it was a bit mad. He also spoke about the fecal transplant. Have you heard of that? Uh Uh-uh, I haven't. Oh my God. Well, I heard about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's disgusting, but... It's basically, if you have a friend that has um, irritable bowel syndrome, mm-hmm. and if you are a happy person, now this is very important, because if you're depressed, it's not good. So you can pass that person through a scientist, please God, do not just pass them your shit. So <laughs> you basically go to a doctor and then you say, I'd like to give a fecal transplant to my friend here who has irritable bowel syndrome. And they take it. And they basically wash it and do whatever they do to make it like not disgusting. And then they shove it up your friend's ass. Ah, this has happened twice in this interview here. <laughs> so they basically, they pop it up there and, and that fixes their irritable bowel syndrome, which they could have had for years. Right. And it fixes it in a matter of 24 hours. Now, if that person that is giving the fecal transplant, if that person has depression, Mm-hmm. It will make the other person depressed. So that means that the bacteria, they are deciding your mood. That is mad to me. So you have to eat the right stuff and you have to be, I mean, God, isn't happiness the most important thing? I guess. Yeah. How crazy is that? <laughs> anyway, so this is the type of thing that we talk about on my podcast. <laughs> I love it. And that's, you know, that's why I've, I've recently fell down the rabbit hole of, of discovering this. So I can't wait to kind of get further into it. I love what you're doing and I love how the music that you're making. Uh, and again, I, I want to wrap this back around with the new single with walk with me. It, it's, it's such a kind of powerful sentiment, obviously that you're getting at here. And I seriously cannot wait to hear this new record, this Burt Bacharach inspired, oh, yeah. <laughs> very adult song based album that's coming. Yeah. Oh, thank you, darling. I hope you like it when you do get to hear it. I'm sure we will. Joss, thank you so much. Well, have a lush day. Enjoy. My thanks, Joss Stone. Again, the brand new single is called Walk With Me. Sounds like with a new record due out in July. Thanks to you for listening as well. Uh, Before you get out of here, please, please, please do hit that subscribe button. Again, you can find us at all the major podcast hotspots like iTunes and Apple Podcasts, like Spotify, Acast, YouTube. Again, we're the video version of this uh, interview uh, exists as well. And then after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday. Starts at 6 p.m. Eastern. 
It's a song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, including uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along there as well. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media.